but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Philippians 3, verses 20 through 21. Welcome to Things I Preach to Myself About Podcast. I'm your host, Bridge Vangan, and I welcome you to questioning why preach to ourselves. My podcast is aptly called Things I Preach to Myself About. Why is it called that? Though I'm often pointing the finger at the world, at the modern devolving churches, and at rising evil from the devil himself, there's also a lot of fingers that are pointing at myself. The issues that I try to bring out in each episode and in light of God's Word, the Bible, also have their share of footings in my life as well, past, present, and future. We all need to have the Word of God preached to us constantly. Let's face it, any conversation or sermon that points out our sins is never really a feel-good moment. When we're looking for rainbows and sunshines, but all we're getting is dark clouds and thunder, we tend to avoid those things. But, folks, sin is a reality that we can't and should not avoid. We just need to remember that there is a light at the end of that tunnel that we're traveling through. Now, I usually label most of the sin problems that I talk about under three different headings. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. All three of those categories can easily be a general heading for the different types of sins that we commit, past, present, and future. And in light of God's laws, the Ten Commandments, we can see our shortcomings in meeting the high and holy standards of God. It's very depressing indeed. The great Puritan writers and preachers are often accused of being a gloomy bunch. You know, they're people that they say were filled with nothing but fire and brimstone in their theology. They're even accused of targeting their listeners with a constant barrage of how sinful we really all are. It's even said that sin was the only topic of every sermon or book. Now, of course, we know that's not really true. Though I confess that I've come pretty close to my format many times in my writings and podcasts of just sin, sin, sin. But in self-defense, I have to make it clear that every published word from those great Christian men and women They've they've always ended on a positive note, namely the gospel, something that I prayerfully hope that I've done as well. You see, I'm a firm believer that if you don't know where you came from, you can't really accept and appreciate the amazing gift that we've all been offered. When a sinner, broken and separated from the holy God above, can be cleansed and renewed and restored into a right relationship with the Creator, That is the gospel. That's the good news. Yet, we need to understand the length and the breadth and the width of God's love, as much as stooping down from heaven in the form of man to rescue us from ourselves. Our sins, even ones that we consider minor or no big deal, are a complete abomination to his righteousness. You know the verse. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So, For God to love us so much that he gave his only son Jesus to take our punishment that we deserved 
should give us a clear and reverential understanding of God in relation to who we are. So I find it important to always remember who I was in relationship to God, who I am in this relationship with God, and who he wants me to be in this relationship in the future with God. And that's what the Puritan writers and preachers would do. Not only pointing out our failings before God, but also pointing out God's sovereign love for us despite our iniquities. And in every way, pointing us to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. That through all of this, we can have peace in our future by his grace. When we understand the attributes of God, his holiness, his righteousness, and his immeasurable love for us, that should deepen our love and commitment to his holy commands so as to serve him and honor him and glorify him in all that we say and do. The root of so many great preachers of yesteryear was to reveal the truth and nature of God and his son Jesus, to grow and strengthen us. As Peter writes in 2 Peter 3 verses 17 through 18, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. See, the deeper our understanding of who God is in relation to man, the deeper our resolve should be to stand firm in that faith. The fire and brimstone preachers and teachers were passionate to warn, striving to keep us from falling back into that which we've been rescued from. Pointing us to our past shows us how far we've been led by God. Sin should be an abhorrence to us, just as it is with God. So we learn from the saints of yesteryear how to grow in faith. We learn from their mistakes as well as ours. We should be encouraged, even when we stumble, to look at the past so as to see the future more clearly. Thus, our hope. I think Hebrews 12 says it really good. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. So you see, pointing out the sins that filled our past, that permeate this fallen world, isn't meant to be all gloom and doom. It's meant to point us to the cross. It's meant to point us to the salvation gift from God. It's meant to encourage us to flee from sin. Paul exhorted us in 1 Timothy 6 by saying, But as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness, 
fight the good fight of the faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. The great statement that we always need to remember is that if we don't learn from history, we are doomed to repeat it. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to go back to where I came from. Remember that line in Proverbs 26? As a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool returns to his folly. We need constant encouragement not to stray the narrow path that God has graciously put us on. When the great Puritan Jonathan Edwards preached his famous sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, he was preaching in a church, in the church, to people who attend church. And it obviously had a great effect to the parishioners because he was interrupted so many times during the sermon by people crying out, What shall I do to be saved? We can't assume that all is well in our souls because we attend a church, own a Bible, do good things, and have clean thoughts. We must be reminded daily of who we are in Christ, where we are in Christ, and what path with Christ we are taking. Do you remember Christian, the main character in The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan? He was set on a path to the celestial city. But as he journeyed forward, he oftentimes found himself off the path he was supposed to be on. And we too have that problem. We're easily bumped off the path by the strong storms in this world. We're swayed away from yesterday's commitments to the Lord by temptations that bombard us today. We even falter on our own by our own inner workings of sin that plagues us. Thus, the very need to be preaching to ourselves daily. We need to hear the cause and effect sermons that remind us of where we've been, where we are, and where we should be going. I think Winston Churchill said it best when he exclaimed boldly, We will never surrender. And we mustn't surrender. Edward's final appeal in his sermon, uh, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, said, Therefore, let everyone that is out of Christ now awake and fly from the wrath to come. And it can also be said that to those who are in Christ, we're to stand firm in our faith, submitting to God, resisting the devil. We are to be putting on the full armor of God daily so we can withstand the enemy's attacks. Even in those tumultuous times, we can rest on the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In John 16, he says to us, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Amen. This has been another episode of Things I Preach to Myself About podcast. Again, I'm your host, Bridge Vangen, and I appreciate your taking the time to listen with me as we look into the Word of God, look into our hearts, and look to Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. In him is all things, so let's stay diligent in all things through Christ. Amen. God bless and take care and stay in the word.